We're in starting point. Uh, and last week and the weeks before, Chris has been kind of working through some different pieces of what we believe as a church and who we are as a church. Last week, we looked at um, how we got here from Acts when the church is established through all of the meanderings and twists and turns that human beings have taken God's body through the centuries to here. And today, I want us just to think about, look at what the Bible has to say about the church, meaning us, how we interact with each other, what we're to do, and then towards the end of our time this morning, we're just going to talk about what it means to be a member of a church and um, the expectations that, that that comes with that. So we're going to start off where we really have to. We have no choice but to start off in Acts chapter 2. So if you have uh, your Bible with you, electronic device, whatever the case may be, if you would just open to Acts chapter 2, that's where we're going we're gonna to start. Because this is where the church starts. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week, but for the purposes of our discussion today, we got to come back to this and look at it. And what happens before Acts 2.42 is that Jesus has ascended back into heaven, says goodbye to his disciples, an angel shows up and says, get to work, and they get to work. They start preaching and teaching, telling people about the good news of Jesus who beat death, beat sin, came back to life, and then, was ascended, and then ascended into heaven. And so as they start teaching this message, 3,000 people show up on, or 3,000 people are saved just at one of Peter's sermons. And when you have that many people, people start to get together in groups. And God's purpose for how we do life as Christians and people who follow Jesus is that we weren't to do it alone, and we see that immediately in Acts 2.42. So we're going to just read this chunk together, and then we're going to unpack it. So in Acts 2.42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, Selling their possessions and goods, or selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And uh, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So. We have to start here because this is where the church starts. And we see that the early church was dev devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking bread, and to prayer. Now, a lot of the things that we do on a Sunday morning may look familiar to you in, these, in this verse. We devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. We look at the Word of God. We have a, this time we call the message or the sermon when we dive into that we have fellowship they didn't have well they might have had coffee back then but i don't think they did but we have coffee and donuts for you to have fellowship we have time for you to mingle and get to know each other and depend on each other we have breaking of bread we will get to that later where we will take the lord's supper together 
And then we have prayer, which we just did, right? So we get a lot of who we are and what we do from this passage because it's what the Bible says. It's not because Drew or Chris or the elders said, you know, this would be a good idea. All of this starts with what Scripture says that we're to do. If you remember last week, uh, at the end of, towards the end of Chris's message, he talked about the restoration movement the, that, that our church is a part of, and that we're talking about how we speak when the Bible speaks, and we're silent when the Bible is silent. And this is a place where the Bible certainly speaks. When we think about the church, when we think about what we do, when we get together, we get together regularly, and we do these things. Because that's what the New Testament pointed out, that's what we're called to do. Now, if that was all, um, we probably, things would be pretty perfect because it's pretty easy to do those things. But the New Testament authors then pushed a little further and said, we need to also think about as the church, because we don't do this in isolation, how are we going to interact with one another? How are we going to do life together? And so in the New Testament, throughout the various uh, letters to the churches, Paul trying to teach them how to do things better. There are 59 one another statements in the New Testament. And now when I, when I say one another, that phrase one another is in there. So just a couple instances. In Romans 12, 16, it says live in harmony with one another. It's pretty nice, good, right? That we're going to live in harmony with one another. Um, in John 13, 14, it says, wash one another's feet. Nobody jumping up to do that? Okay. Okay, it's fine. Maybe new to you today. Um, the also, I've never heard a sermon on this. Um, there's this other one another that says, um, greet one another with a holy kiss. Don't know why that hasn't been preached on in my uh, experience, but Josh is ready to do it. Um, <laughs> That's actually, that's actually said four times in the Bible, by the way. It's not just like once where Paul was like, hey, just give each other a kiss. Like, there's something there, but we're not going to get into it today. Um, but so those are some of the one another's. But I want to point out some others that are important. Um, and I should also say that just because I point some out doesn't mean the others are not important. Um, but as we think about what it means to be the church... We want to look at some of these one another's because it's not just like mechanical, we're going to come here and listen to a sermon. Being the church means we're interacting with one another. And so the first one I want to point out is love one another. Um, John 13, 14, Jesus says this, but it actually occurs 15 other times in the New Testament. It is very, very, very clear that the New Testament authors, Jesus himself, that they believe that as the church, this is one of our primary things that we should be doing, is loving one another. Jesus actually, after he says that, well, he talks about the greatest commandment, right? We've talked about that here even this year, earlier in the year. He talks about the greatest commandment is love God, but then he says the second is like it, love people. And then he says in John 13, 35, he says, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another. 
So Jesus was very specific when it came to his followers and to the church that we should be known for how we love each other. And sometimes that's difficult, right? We're humans. We make mistakes. We say things in moments we shouldn't. It can be difficult. But Jesus said that his disciples, the people who are following him, would be known by how they love one another. So when we think about the church, which is not this building, but you who are sitting in this building, and those who will be here during next service, when we think about the church, we need to be thinking about how do we love one another well? That should be what we're known for. Another one, serve one another. Galatians 5.13 talks about serving one another in love. And not only when we serve do we love someone, right? We put, to, to serve someone, we have to put ourselves second and we have to put them first. So we're going to serve one another, which is this form of love, but we are all wired in such a way that we have gifts that God has given us. We have certain abilities, certain talents, and God is asking us to use those to serve not only the kingdom, but to serve one another. I don't have the same ones you do, and you don't have the same ones that I do. And that's intentional, so that we can be a body together. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 12, where he's talking about the church being the body, and that we're made up of different parts, and that the ear needs the feet, who needs the hands, because you can't do this alone. So we're going to love one another. We're going to serve one another. Last of the one another's I just want to look at today is encourage one another. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 18, it talks about encouraging one another. Sometimes life is rough and you know as much as I do that we need someone who will be there for us. Lost a job, lost a family member. Something got you out of whack, had a surgery. I don't know what the case may be, but we know that there's lots of times in our lives we need help. We need encouragement from other people. And not just to pick us up, right? That's helpful. That's encouraging, right? Because it says encouraging. But we also need to be encouraged to stay on path with Jesus, to continue following him. I don't know about you, but I have my days when that bad day also doesn't just affect my mood and how I interact with people, it also affects how I think about Jesus. And I need people around me, I need the church to encourage me to keep living the way I'm supposed to, to keep fighting through those moments. Now, all of these things are pretty big, and there's more. There's more statements talking about forgiving talking about bearing each other's burdens because that's what the church is supposed to be. We're supposed to be people who love one another in this way so that when the world looks at us, they go, what on earth is happening with those crazy people? Because they love each other so well in a way that we just don't see around us. So I think 
as we think about these, 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 are, the, these are the pieces as, as TCC that I feel like we really need to internalize as we look at each other. Because if you even look back, we talked about, or we read in Acts 2, it said they had everything in common. Those people loved each other so much that they started selling their stuff to make sure that everybody had things. Having everything in common, this, this wasn't like the first form of socialism, okay? When I, used, when I read that verse at times, I go, oh no, I don't want you to have my stuff. And maybe you think that too, right? But what they were doing is, we have, we have these people who are part of our church that we're to love and we're to encourage and we're to greet with holy kisses and all of this stuff, and then, but they need something. And I have extra. So if I sell my stuff, they cannot be in need anymore, and I can love them, and I can serve them, and I can encourage them, and I can do all the other one another's. As a church, I'm not calling for all of us to sell all of our stuff and do that. But what would it look like if we loved, encouraged, bore each other's burdens, served each other in such a way that maybe you got something extra that you went, you know what, I don't need this, but I know so-and-so could use, you know, a used lawnmower. And you could sell your thing to get that for them, right? Or maybe you don't need to sell anything. Maybe you can just donate yours. It, how this works is not like a black and white thing. It's we just learn to love one another in such a way that we take care of each other and we bear each other's burdens. Now, at this point, we're going to talk about membership of a church, particularly this church, TCC. I need to start with that when we talk about membership, this isn't like you're joining a country club, which is why I started with the one and other passages, because there's expectations for us when we follow Jesus. And these expectations don't come from me. They just come from Scripture, come from the Bible. And so that's, that's where we find, as Chris talked about in the very first uh, sermon of Starting Point, we're pulling these things from Scripture, saying this is if a group of people love Jesus, if they come together, what should their lives look like? And so when we talk about membership, we're starting at the point where we say, more than likely, actually not more than likely, we expect that as you take a journey to give your life to Jesus, you then find a place, a home, where you want to be with a group of people who believe the same things you do. And from there, membership just becomes a matter of you saying, I'm in, I'm part of this ministry, I want to be known here, I want to know others here, I want to love the people here, I want to serve the people here, okay? But we have expectations because we want you to grow in Jesus. We think that what we see in Scripture and what I'm about to tell you as far as expectations leads you to a better place in your spiritual growth. These aren't boxes that we're demanding you check. We think that this actually grows you and grows us. And so the first one would be that we just regularly attend church, regular attendance. In Hebrews it says, and let us not consider how, or let us consider how we may spur one another, another one another, on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another it's fancy, I got two one another's in the same verse. So, 
let's just be real and let's be honest. If you aren't here on a regular basis, it's really hard to do the one another's. If you're not here on a regular basis, it's hard to do the one another's. I can't, we can't love one another if you're not here. Now, we might pass each other, but as a group, we all need to be here so we can do these things together. And we also believe that when you are here, this is helpful for your spiritual growth, that you're being able to hear from the word of God, that you're being able to go to a CE class, that you're being able to participate in the Lord's Supper, that you're being able to worship and grow and meet people and serve and all of these things. But if you're not here, that's difficult. So when we say regular attendance, that's just what we mean, that this would be important, that you would come to church so that we can interact with each other, so we can love each other, so we can encourage, so we can pray, so we can do all of those things. Second expectation is giving. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I will say this. I have found in my life the more times than not, the faithfulness of God from me giving monetarily. Every time, I mean, almost, yeah, I will say nearly every time. Maybe there's one I'm missing. When I feel the weight of not enough money, when I feel the weight of not being able to maybe provide for my family or whatever the case may be, God provides. And we believe that in this giving that it helps you grow spiritually because we, we, gotta, we depend on a great God. And if we think we can do it all on our own, if we can figure it out all on our own, then that makes that difficult. So we expect regular attendance, giving. And we know, if we, we, I've already talked about it, but if you go back to the Acts 2 piece, Again, they, they were, the giving was just natural to them. Just, what do you need? Here I go. I, you can have it. Next, pursue community and personal spiritual growth through small groups and Christian education. Acts 2.42 talks about how the church was devoted to the fellowship and the disciples' teachings. We think it is super important that you get in a small group. We think it is super important that you engage in our Christian education classes that happen on Sunday mornings because we feel like this will push you in your spiritual growth, which is what we want. We want you to grow spiritually. So when you can sit down in a Christian education class, like I got to last week, and listen to the people around you pray for the things that they need. And then we read through Ephesians and we start talking about what does this mean on, in everyday life? Like that's spiritual growth. That's important to us. And in small groups, if you've been in a small group, then uh, Lord willing, it was a good one. And you know the importance of that. How the people in that group will love you, will encourage you, will bear with you in a more personal way than You know, when 270, 280 of us get together, it's a little difficult, right? But in small groups, we can get closer. We can 
hear from God's word as a group. We can learn the applications of that, and then we can practice it and play it out with people who we love, we trust, and we do life with. So we want for you, again, not a box to check off, we want you in these things because we believe that the Bible says that these things will help you grow in your walk with Jesus. It will help make you a better disciple. Last one, serving. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Do good works. God has prepared in advance for us to do. God gave us talents and abilities to serve those around us in this church. Some of you may be serving in another capacity outside these walls, but we know that more than likely many of you will serve in this building or connected with TCC. And that's, listen, the spiritual growth that comes from serving is just amazing. You get put in these awkward, out of your box, out of your comfort zone situations where you just have to rely on God. And so we want that of you. We want you to serve. We want you to be, find yourself in that spot. So four expectations again, not Drew's. Drew just said he's going to preach today and he's going to make up all the rules. That's not how this is going. I promise that. (laughs) But that you're going to regularly attend. That that we're going, um, that we're going to give that we're going to pursue community and spiritual growth through Christian education classes and small groups and that we're just going to serve. Those things are going to grow you. Now, as I wrap up, I need to tell you that the thrust of all of this, our time together in this, over these last, over these weeks as we're doing this starting point is that we want to give you an opportunity. Some of you are members and some of you aren't. We want to give that opportunity for us, if you are a member, to just recommit. We want to all get on the same page. If you're not, we want to offer that opportunity. Now, if you have grown up in the church, you may know how that normally happens. And you may be thinking to yourself, Drew, someday when you guys finally do this, do all of us just walk up front and look at empty chairs and we all say this together? That's not how this is going to work. On the uh, last week, we're going to have a form that you're going to have. We're going to ask for information. We're going to ask that you uh, check off a box saying you have heard all of these messages. That's why we keep telling you to go back and listen if you've missed any, that you agree with the church, that you've been baptized, all of these things, and then you're just going to turn them in. And then as a staff, we're going to look at them. If, we, um, if, all, if everything is cor- correct is not the great word to say, but if all of those things, if you meet all those requirements, all of that, we will go, good to go. If not, we want to have some more conversations. Like if baptism isn't a thing that you've decided to do, we want to talk to you about that because we believe, like that is, that's step one. Like not joining the church. Step one is finding Jesus to be your savior. And so we want to be able to have those conversations with you. So on that last day, we're going to give you, you don't have to come up. For a lot of you, you just went, right? <laughs> I wouldn't want to come up either. <laughs> but then again, if everybody comes up, then it just gets awkward and there's empty seats. So that's what we're going to do. And we're just going to, you know, we're going to, like I said, we will follow up with you. If you come to that point and you go, you know what, I don't know that this is for me, great. Keep hanging out with us. 
keep being here. We would love to continue having conversations with you and finding a place for that because we just think this is what God's plan for our lives is. So as we finish today, you know, I've talked about the church and I've talked about membership, um, but it's all about Jesus and what he did. And so maybe you're not at the point of membership, but you're still wrestling with this Jesus thing, who he is, what he did on the cross, his um, giving up his life and being resurrected. Um, and if that's the case, I would love to talk to you in the back because we're just gonna, we're gonna stand here after I pray and we're gonna worship. And um, if that's you, I would love to talk to you in the back this morning. So would you pray with me, please?